I am fascinated, intrigued, and honored you may by the done what they said you did, but they are magnificent, they marvelous. Are. You need to know that you're okay just the way you are. You succeeded in you as a child. What you've been through matters. This podcast is designed for you. It's Love on a mission hope. in a world that where human experience is lacking. My name is Ginger Wilk, and we're here to talk about that which matters. Welcome to That Which Matters. I thank you for listening today, and I want to do part two in our emotions series. Last episode, we spoke about anger, and we talked a lot about the fact that males tend to be more socialized to express anger versus sadness or fear. Females tend to be more socialized to avoid expressing anger. And Christians or religious people tend to be more socialized in not expressing anger as much. Not to say that it should be an emotion that we tap into all the time, but it certainly shouldn't be ignored because it's valid. And we talked about the fact that God definitely has been angry throughout the course of the biblical components of what we've read in the Old Testament. And Jesus in the New Testament has been angry as well. But that God is not angry all the time. That God is definitely a loving and compassionate God. And we spoke about the book of Hosea and his just prophetic act of allowing Hosea to marry a prostitute who cheated on him and then was able to show compassion and to reunite with her, which is what God really wants to do with all of his people, despite the things that have gone on. And so we talked about the fact that emotions are fickle and they're subject to change. We can have an emotional reaction in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, that all conflict with one another. We could have a day of all anger. We could have weeks of sadness. We could have a day where we just go through the entire selection of emotions. They're fickle. They're not meant to be at the front of the train. They should be at the back of the train. We should be led by the spirit, by God, and also led by our brains, our thoughts, our visions, not by our emotions, because they are definitely something that would lead us astray because they are forever changing. So what's important is that we understand that, but that we also understand that emotions can be misleading. We can express verbally or behaviorally a specific type of emotion, but really behind that can be packed in other types of emotions, other types of issues. And it's important that we do some sorting and really get an understanding about what's going on. So emotions can be feelings based upon a situation that comes something that makes us happy, something that makes us sad, something that changes or shifts or whatever it might be. But not only that, emotions can be based upon a mental health issue. And again, you know, there are treatment providers that can help with identifying, diagnosing, and treating mental health issues. So sometimes that's what's going on. It's not just about what someone happens to be feeling. It, it's based in a mental health issue. But also, there can be a spiritual element. There's always a spiritual element somewhere in there if we look hard enough. And that's something that we need to pay attention to as well when we're dealing with the emotion or the word fear. So fear is what we're focusing on today. And we want to make sure that we understand what fear really, really is. The definition of fear is that it's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So ultimately, when we're afraid of something, we have this unpleasant feeling 
that we are under attack in some way. Someone is going to cause us pain. Something is dangerous around the corner. And so obviously this is something that we can pretty much identify if there's a specific event that occurred. So like, for instance, if we're in the house at night and we hear this noise that we've never heard before, and now we're worried that somebody's in the house, we can understand why we feel that fear. But if we happen to be maybe sitting in class or sitting in the office and all of a sudden we start to have this fearful feeling on the inside, that can be an indicator that there's other bigger fears that we're dealing with or there's a mental health issue, or there's a spiritual element. And that's something that we need to pay attention to. So the emotion of fear, though, I want to say, can be positive and can be productive. I know that seems kind of strange, but it can be positive and when it accompanies us into breaking into new territory. For instance, let's just say right now in this podcast, I'm fairly comfortable with being able to speak just into a microphone and knowing that I'm not seen, it's an audio thing and I might be completely comfortable with that and feel no fear. But if I were to do this podcast live and maybe I'm gonna be in front of 20,000 people, now I might feel a little fearful, right? That's not a bad thing. What that means is that that fearful emotion or feeling just means that I'm being stretched and stressed at the same time into doing something that's unfamiliar for me. So that fear is not a bad one. That's actually a good one. It's an indicator, just like when a body has pain, for instance, and there's a painful feeling somewhere in your body, it's an indicator that you need to be really careful with that leg or that foot or whatever it might be. Pain is telling our body and our minds that something's not right. Sometimes fear is doing the same thing, telling us that we need to proceed with caution because this is going to be something that's going to stretch us a little outside of our comfort zone. So that's the positive side of fear. And that's an important thing that we understand that when we go to another level, we are going to feel some fear. And sometimes we have to do these new things afraid, like the episode that we talked about on dreams. If we're going to move out and wake up those dreams, remember we talked about that, there's going to be some fear that's going to accompany us because whenever we move to that new level, it is going to cause us to feel a little bit of that discomfort. So we have the emotion of being afraid. Then we have the mental health diagnosis that it would be called anxiety or some sort of diagnosis that falls underneath generalized anxiety or PTSD. And then we have the spiritual element of fear. And so it's important that we look at all of those things, that we understand that there's a lot of different things that fall underneath one emotion. And underneath fear, there's even more components. For instance, there's the fear of shame. We had a whole episode on shame where we talked about, it was called My Knees Are Bleeding, we talked about shame. We talked about why it's so important that we understand that there's nothing good about shame. But there is a fear of shame that goes along with what was spoken of in that episode along with what we're talking about today. There is a fear of rejection. And we will be talking about rejection at some point, but that a lot of times is the base of where we start to get those fearful feelings when we know that we're about to be rejected. For instance, maybe a relationship is about to come to an end and we know that you know we've screwed up so bad or this person has found somebody else or whatever and we're about to be rejected. And those anxious and fearful feelings 
are about to come because you recognize it, you know it, you've been rejected before, so you can, you can sniff it out. You know that it's coming. And then there's a fear of punishment too, which is often why a lot of people lie because they know that there's some sort of punishment coming, there's some sort of a consequence coming, and they don't want that consequence. And so they fear that, and because of that, it opens up the door for dishonesty. So the other thing I want you to look at is, even though we're not getting into the mental health aspect of it, when you think about fear or a phobia, many phobias are rooted in a fear of death. Not all of them, but many of them are. For instance, there's the fear of spiders, right? Okay, we're afraid that we're going to get bitten by one of those poisonous spiders and die. Or the fear of snakes. Again, you know, you'll be constricted or bitten or whatever the case may be and die. Acrophobia, the fear of heights, the fear that you're going to be up on, you know, somewhere really high, a ladder or whatever, fall down and die or get really badly hurt claustrophobia, being in small spaces, an elevator, a cave, or whatever, where you cannot breathe. And when you cannot breathe, ultimately it has to do with dying, being trapped and dying. And so what's important is that we need to take a look at that, that a lot of those phobias are about dying. And when you understand Christianity or when you understand um, a religion that gives hope, of an afterlife, a heaven, a, um, a eternal life, right? Then you understand that actually death is nothing to be afraid of. I mean, that's what it talks a lot about in the New Testament. In Christian theology and theology and a belief of an afterlife is that there is a God and there's no death ultimately. That there's an earth and there's a heaven. Paul the apostle at one point said, I don't know which thing I want to do. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know which thing I want to do because to live, I live for Christ. I work for Christ. I serve Christ. To die is to gain because I get to be with Christ. Which should I do? I'm torn between the two because there's life on both ends. So that's really the way the Apostle Paul felt is that it's a win-win situation because no matter whether I'm on the earth or I'm in heaven, I'm good because I have a God who loves me. And so that's the important thing is like, if we can come to, let's just go straight to the root and go, okay, if the biggest fear is dying, then the first thing that I need to realize is that Jesus got rid of death on the cross. It says that death no longer has a sting. And I want to read to you um, a holy sonnet by John Donne. A lot of you have probably heard of it. And it is also based upon what I'm talking about now. It's based upon the New Testament. And it's called Death Be Not Proud. Death be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkest thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go. Rest of their bones and souls delivery, thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dost with poison, war, and sickness dwell, and poppier charms can make us sleep as well, and better than thy stroke, why swellest thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. And what I love about that sonnet is it's going right to death. 
you know? He's talking right to death and basically putting death in its place because that's what Jesus did when he took the keys of death and hell after the cross. He basically ended the sting that death had for people. And if we can recognize that, we can certainly be able to at least get rid of the spiritual element of fear. So it's not a cure to know all of this. This doesn't mean that it's going to take away all of our fear at all. But fear can be complicated, and we just need to know that we can file it appropriately. We can be able to look at this one is an irrational fear, or this one is something spiritually that I need to pray through, or this one is something that I have to get treated for because it's based in my mental health, or this one is something that I really need to be able to work at why I am feeling so afraid in this particular circumstance. So we need to be able to put fearful things into these categories so that we can do some divine sorting and understand what's really going on. One of the things I've often said to my children and even something that I've lived by is to be very careful about what you're watching on TV or movies. And I'm certainly not one of the legalistic people that are going to tell you, you know, don't ever watch this and everything you watch has to be Christian or has to be rated G or whatever. I believe that movies and television shows really speak to people in a powerful way. I believe that it can bring healing. God speaks through those things. So I, I am definitely not legalistic about that. But I will say this, if all you're watching is something that is a horror movie or something that's constantly going to be talking about people getting killed or abducted or whatever the case may be, you're putting those things in your brain. So when you are sitting in your room at night and you do hear that noise, what's going to come into your head? Some of those things that have been stored there. So if you want to start allowing yourself to have less fearful thoughts, expose yourself to less fearful things. It's just something that I suggest. So one of the things I want to focus on is spiritual fear. So I think it's important to understand that um, when I have prayed or many people that I know have prayed for people who struggle with the spiritual elements of things, whatever it might be, if it's addiction, if it's, you know, um, some, of the, some of the things that they're noticing in their homes, um, some of the patterns that are there that they're really stubborn that they can't seem to kind of get rid of, Whenever I pray against fear, it always leaves immediately. And the reason why I'm telling you this is that I truly believe, and I'm not going to get, I know that I can get into a whole big, my own episode just on the spiritual aspect and then some. But the one thing that I've noticed about this particular spiritual element of fear is that it itself is afraid, then it's kind of like one of those bullies, right? When you, they keep taunting you and taunting you on the playground and taunting you and taunting you, and then all of a sudden you finally stand up to them and they run away with their tail between their legs, right? And that's what it's like in the spiritual element of fear. When it's confronted for what it is and you pray against it, there's an immediate removal. And so it's important that you know that because it can be a big bully that can cause us to react and hide and, and really just isolate and all sorts of things. But when it's dealt with, there can be a real boldness that comes out. And so it's important that we know that, but also that we know the greatest cure to a spiritual element of fear is perfect love. There's a scripture that says perfect love drives out fear. And so I want to talk about that for a minute, that we really need to be able to meditate on the fact that we have a loving God 
who adores us. And I know it's hard to imagine that, especially if you haven't had a lot of love growing up or if the love that you have had has been temporary and very conditional where there's been a lot of rejection, but there really is a God who absolutely adores you like 100%. It talks about in Zephaniah that he actually sings over you while you sleep. You know, that's a beautiful thing. You may not know that you may not hear it, but he does. He sings over you while you sleep. That's how much he loves you. And that he has you carved in the palm of his hand and that he has his wings wrapped around you in difficult times, um, that he's going to battle on your behalf, um, that he is the wheel in the middle of the wheel. So wherever you're going, wherever you're mobile, he's right there in the middle of it all. Sometimes we just don't even notice. We don't even know. But there is a God who dotes on you and loves you fully. And if we really, really understand that, then that's going to cast out fear because anything that fear can try to threaten or anything that fear can cause our minds to dread is something that his love can be a compelling force against. If we really know that we're loved that much, then there's nothing that we can be afraid of that he's not there for us for. And I know that there are horrible things that can happen and we can go through difficult times, but I'm talking about not a God who comes in and fixes everything because we know that that's not the case. Everything doesn't get fixed. There are things that go horribly wrong, but the one thing is he is always there with us and his love is perfect and that casts out fear. So it's not about a whole big, you know, exorcist mentality of whatever you might think that praying against the spiritual aspect of things would look like. It's really about understanding God's love. And one of the things I want to share is that when Jesus was um, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was being taunted by Satan, it says. And um, Satan kept asking him, you know, basically, if you're the son of God, then turn, you know, these stones into bread. Like he knew he was starving. He knew he was hungry and he was weak. And, um, and he was taunting him and basically trying to question whether or not he really was the son of God and saying, you know, basically like, who's your daddy? You know, who is he? Like, like in other words, show me who you are. You know, I remember when I was in school, they would always ask, you know, what does your dad do? What does your dad do? What does dad, what does that really mean? It's someone asking you, you know, how do I measure you up? How significant are you? And that's what Satan was doing to Jesus. Basically like, who's your daddy? How significant are you? And he did this and basically Jesus, you know, he survived it. He came back at Satan with the scriptures and he was able to walk out of that temptation intact. But the next thing that he did, the next time you hear about Jesus, he was with his disciples and he was with other people that he was training up to be able to go and minister to the sick and, and to pray over people. And all of a sudden he just got it. It was like this big revelation. And he remembered and he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. All of a sudden he remembered because, you know, Jesus didn't know everything from the minute he was in the womb. He had to remember and recall as a human and as a son of God over time. And he remembered that he was there in heaven when Satan rebelled against God and when he was thrown down from heaven, all of a sudden he got it. And so he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Therefore, 
I have given you the authority to tread upon serpents, scorpions, and over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. He got it. He finally got it, and he was able to impart it to others. And, of course, Satan knew the whole time that he was talking to the Son of God, but he knew that he was weak at that particular time. He knew that he was hungry. He knew that he hadn't gotten a full revelation, but when he did, he was able to say it boldly. And that's what we can do when we understand the truth, is that good has already won over evil. Evil still exists. Evil still, we know this from just listen to the news, you know, every day you're going to hear about it. The truth of the matter is, is that good has already won over evil and that if we want to know how to not be afraid, we need to go to the author of what is good, the author of what is healthy, the author of what has promise, the author of what has hope, which is the God of the universe. And so it's very important that we understand that and we know that we can operate with that boldness. And so, you know, when I have prayed against um, fear in people, there's something in me that just rises up with such a boldness. I don't know what it is. I think I just get really pissed off. Maybe it's the bullies that I had to contend with in the playground when I was a kid. But there's something that I get so ticked off with when I pray against fear in people because I get tired of people being bullied in the spirit. I get tired of people being paralyzed in their lives because that's what fear will do it will cause a paralysis in somebody it will cause them from not wanting to go out of their house or not wanting to sing that song i mean i have seen fear take the song out of the most amazing singer in their lives i mean somebody that i watched just that fear just took over them and again you know it can move into a mental health issue but the spiritual part of it caused that person to not want to even use their gift for god anymore I have seen people that never want to leave their homes. I have seen people that they can't enjoy life because they're afraid of everything that can possibly come their way. Every sickness that's out and about and around them, every level of poverty, when they hear something that happens on the news, they automatically think that that's going to happen to them. They just wrap themselves in fear. And I get tired of it because we are God's sons and daughters and we have a God who loves us and we have a God who cast all the evil down from the earth and we just need to put it into perspective and understand that we have that power and authority not because of us and who we are but because of him i mean even in the book of acts or actually in the new testament at large there was a time when there was a person that was trying there were two people that were trying to cast out spirits and and they were coming against them and they didn't even know what they were doing and the spirits just basically said we don't know who you are. We know who Paul is, but we don't know who you are. So when we know God and when we operate in God's boldness, even the spirits know our names, not because of who we are, but because of the God in us. And so I want to just build that boldness in all of you. Some of you are listening right now. It's time. It's time to come out of that house. It's time to move into that career. It's time to click that button of that job that you're about to um, apply for. It's time for you to reach out into some of those dreams we've talked about. It's time to end that relationship, or it's time to begin that relationship, or it's time to use your prophetic voice, or it's time for you to sing. It's time for you to take those steps forward with boldness and not allowing fear to combat those things from happening. Because I know how that can be. And I want to challenge all of you to be that and to act in that particular manner. 
And in Habakkuk 2, we talk about in that scripture a lot with the scripture that talks about write down the vision and make it plain on tablets. A lot of times when we're talking about dreams, you know, we use that scripture. Well, God's saying just write it down. It's, it's a very overused scripture, right, where it's basically saying, you know, um, uh, write it down, make it plain so that he who reads it can run with it. Basically, like, write down your dream, and then other people are going to read it, and then people are just going to be enacted to fulfill that thing that you want to happen in your lives. And that is a scripture, and it is a powerful scripture, but the first part of it is even more interesting. The beginning of that scripture says, what's God going to say to my questions? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says and how he will answer my complaint. And what's important about that is that's what fear is, is that we stand out on this tower and we're braced for the worst. We're waiting for something to happen. That's what fear is is that every day we get out of our beds and go and approach the world with fear. Am I going to get fired today? Am I going to get broken up with today? Am I going to get robbed today? Am I going to um, have pain in my hip today? Am I going to be in a situation where I'm going to be embarrassed today? That's fear. There's maybe a lot of other emotions in it, but that's fear, being braced for the worst. And what does God end up going into is Cast your vision. God ends up answering with, write down the things that you want to do. Pay attention to the things that I have in store for you. Make it very plain. In other words, God gave us homework. Instead of saying, oh, my poor child, you know, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. I'm so sorry that you're, you're afraid. You know, let me hold you. Let me do this. God's like, no, write it down. Get past all of those things. Minimize the fear. Put the spiritual aspect of fear behind you, because by the way, I've already defeated that. But also answer those emotions with writing down the things that I have in store for you, because I have great things. And that's what we need to meditate on, is the fact that this God who loves us has plans in store for us. Beautiful, beautiful things that he wants to do. Beautiful, beautiful places that he wants to take us to. Major ways that he wants to allow us to be stretched in a beautiful way. He has greater things than we can even imagine. He knows the desires of our hearts. And fear is going to cause there to be a stoppage on all of those things if we allow it to happen. But I'm challenging you all today. I want you to picture fear as being a person. And I want you to picture that you're going to defeat this thing and you're going to silence this thing and you're going to put this thing underneath your feet and you're going to allow yourself to experience only the fear that you need to accompany with you when you're going to those new levels in your life. And I want to just allow each one of you to think about all of these concepts and understand the many components of fear and understand the fact that you need to have wings again. You need to be able to go forth in a powerful way and complete the things that God has started in your life. Thank you so much for listening. In collaboration with IML Productions, this has been your host, Ginger Wilk, with That Which Matters. Thank you for listening.